Welcome to the Crafty Ass Female Podcast, an audio show that talks about the resourceful ways we women are living our lives and the crafty projects we create in between. We are your hosts, Amanda Zampelli and Kristen Tweedale, and we believe you are a capable badass who already has all the tools you need to make beautiful things and make beautiful things happen. We're just here to remind you. Hi, Amanda. Hi, Kristen. It's time for our favorite episode of the year. I love this conversation. It's our third one since the podcast launched. I know. I'm I'm thrilled to have it. Yeah, every I like this little tradition every year, knowing I'm going to talk to you, knowing that my word, like I used to, I don't know, I pick it earlier. Well, I feel like it's always bubbling before, duh, like December 31st, but I tend to understand it earlier than I used to because I know we're going to have this conversation yeah you you started talking about it really early this year and then I got way nervous (laughs) yeah like end of August I'm already like transitioning out of the year's word and like gearing up for the new year's word so I think that's what I mentioned to you I'm like well you know I'm thinking about my word (laughs) it's like end of August like it doesn't make any sense but that's well you're a teacher that's how your years work yeah, I guess that's true. It's how my cycles go with this project. Yeah, especially when like your favorite time of the year is summer and like that's a big transition too. Yes. Yes. And we've been doing this so many years, we said, so like it just kind of works itself into our year naturally. Like if you go to the website craftyassfemale.com, I list them the past two years and I do the show notes for this I list what your words have been and my words have been we did this was like episode four we had this conversation two years ago right and then last which year, is like our first that was our first real episode right right so I feel like that one was us just talking about the project in general for those who didn't know about it and then telling about our word and our past experience with the word and then when we did this episode last year that was a big one. But, like, I just love that conversation. <laughs> I cried. Spoiler alert. But I love that that one, it really sounded like us, A, being a year into the podcast because we were. And just, like, jiving with each other like we do on this project that we're so familiar with. So it just was like this episode last year was called Diving Deeper in One Little Word. And it really was. It really, I love that we told our stories to how to get there. And now here we are a year later. Another year later. <laughs> For 20 friggin' 20. Yeah, that's a, that's a whole nother thing. Yeah, I can. Okay, I hold can. on. So, before we dive into this topic, okay. I have some, like, critically important information. Shoot. So, the noise that I was complaining about all last week... Okay. ...wasn't the neighbors. <laughs> poor, poor... <laughs> no no poor me i was literally the only person in the entire world hearing this noise oh god what was it yes oh god what was it (laughs) i get off the show and i walk up to the front of my living room and i'm like what the f is this effing noise because it sounded like you said they were doing their roof right or something but yeah it sounded like friggin machine guns like (laughs) around my house and yeah, no, it sounded it sounded like a power saw. Okay, and lo and behold, 
lo and behold, <laughs> Jeff had a video game controller plugged in, <laughs> and it was on a piece of furniture, but he had headphones that are so soundproof on his head <laughs> that he could not hear the vibrations. Even though the video game controller was literally three feet away from him. But not the one that he was holding. It was the other one. Right. It was a different video <laughs> game controller. And like I had texted him and like I don't have my phone with me when I were on the show. I have my watch on me. So like I can text like very rudimentary. <laughs> rudimentary. Oh, my God. I can't I can't say that with very like poorly. Rudimentary. Yeah, I feel like I want to add another syllable. Is it rudiment- right? Is it rudimenty or no? No, not that. I want to add airily into that word, and it's not, there's not airily is not in that word. So I'm not going to try to say that because I need to get <laughs> to the end of the hour of the show without yeah. <laughs> ruining my words, and we know how rough that is. And so I like I texted him like a sad face with noise, and then like a hammer. <laughs> <laughs> because like that that was that's the extent i can do uh, for my watch unless i want to like sit here and like write out every single thing with a letter but i'm not going to do that when we're doing the show like sad face and hammer is what i can do <laughs> and he was like i have no idea what's going on and every time he took he put down his video game controller there was no more noise happening on right. the other video <laughs> that is funny <laughs> so how did you figure it out when you left the our interview or our chat? You saw that that was what was going on. Yeah, and I like I had this look <laughs> on my face, like I wanted to like, you know, axe someone. <laughs> like I had the Lizzie Borden face on. At least your neighbors were safe. Well, I know, right? At least <laughs> everyone else was fine, and it was just my <laughs> mental health that was being like severely tortured. That's funny. And but that's what, a very unique. I know, right? Source. I, I had to come and tell everybody the story before we got into our one little word. 2020. This is 2020 now. I know. This, this is, I mean, Loud that's a very 2019 story. Loud noises are coming from vibrating gamer controls. Uh, well, <laughs> there are worse things. Yes, that's true. But at least, no, I, they're still, I mean, they're still not done with the house next door. I know. You said that right now, there's a big truck that says, Right, there's a big truck that says flooring. And I'm I like, what oh, they're God. for. I hope they get their floors before Christmas. Like, Ugh. that would be a present, you know? The house that you've wanted have to be done by on. Christmas. Please, Santa, we'll give you all of the cookies. <laughs> Bring us the rest of our house. Yeah. <sighs> okay. Thanks for sharing, though. I know, right? I'm glad that we found out what that horrible horrible noise was and like i knew that you guys couldn't hear it because i didn't see it getting picked up on the audio right and then like i went in the other room and jeff didn't hear it and so it was just literally me and it's wonderful to know that you know these noises weren't just in my head they were actually (laughs) happening in the real world yeah it's always good to know things aren't unlike most noises (laughs) in our head. <laughs> well, right? Like, it's good to know that, like, things are real sometimes. Yeah. You know, they don't have to be real all the time, but sometimes they are real. 
Nice. That can be our slogan for 2020. <laughs> Sometimes things, things are, are real. real. <laughs> Sometimes you wish they weren't real. Well, that's another thing. <laughs> and I'm really excited. Okay. Let's so have we decided how we're doing this? I kind of was obsessed with the whole how we got to our word. Like at least your story last time. And you let me know a few weeks ago that you had your word, but we haven't told each other our words. That's part of this episode that we reveal. Um, But maybe we could talk about, like, bring up last year's word and just talk about how that kind of fleshed out and then tell people our new word. Sounds good. Yeah. So how did you – yeah, tell me about your transition. From old word to new word? Yeah. So a year ago, we had this chat, and I knew my word for this year, 2019, was going to be found. I listened back to last year's episode this week, and I'm I'm just really, again, like I said this in our most memorable moments, that's one of my most memorable moments, that this one little word episode we did last year because I'm really proud of how I was able to like like there's I didn't leave any turn any stone unturned with that episode I feel like I was I really was able to flesh out for myself for the listeners like why found needed to be my word and it was such like a word like it was a long time coming word I guess kind of where you know in the past all of my 20s most definitely most of high school and elementary school, like most of my life, I've felt very lost and confused and anxious, you know, this past year that I've, you know, that I didn't know was anxiety, that too, right? So like found was very fleshed out in finding out really what I was struggling with for 22 years, like or all my life, but it really came to a peak at 11 and so, like, 33 is when I, when I was 33 is when I found that really awesome therapy in the city. So, when I think back, that's, like, 22 years of my life where I was just suffering all the time in my head and didn't really know how to treat it or handle it. It was just kind of I let it work itself out until it resurfaced again. And that was, like, a cycle of repeated, repeated just nonsense for 22 years. So, anyway, so found... I really found out what that was, right? And I understand it in a way that I can actively, you know, uh, I have skills now to actively handle it and cope with it. So that was a big found. Um, I remember last year saying, you know, I want to find my person. I had broken up with my boyfriend, but that the person was me. Like I really felt this time last year that my foundation of who I was at the core was rocked and broken. And I'm happy to report through therapy and through, you know, the teaching job and all that, like all this stuff was stuff that I stumbled upon and kind of found its way into my life. So that also worked into the word, but the foundation of me as a person feeling whole and feeling capable and stronger than ever was really built this year. So I feel like I found that in a lot of the work that I put in the inner work, you know, so that 
I was really, I'm really happy to report, you know, that that happened with the intention that I set out. And then I truly feel, you know, if you've been following me on Instagram, I got a new man, right? So it's been eight months, but like, I truly feel that I found him only because I found, I had, I formulated and found this good foundation for myself, right? So I really, I want to bring that home because found could be so easily interpreted as like, oh, she found a guy, like, but that's not exactly really the point. The point was that the other stuff is finding this other stuff. I, I was thinking about this episode and saying, oh, I found my footing with teaching. And then I laughed to my, I found my, uh, what was the word I used? I found my, I wrote it down. Hold on. My stride, right? I found my stride in teaching. And then I laughed because there's no such thing as having a stride in teaching. The second you get a stride, you get another kid come to the class. Or the second you get a stride, they're changing the curriculum. So I laughed to myself because it's not so much that I found my stride in teaching. I found confidence in not having a stride, if that makes sense. So it's like I used to look for the stride and rely on the stride, but now I'm understanding that there won't ever be a stride and I'm going to show up anyway and all's okay. Like this, I built this good core, like, uh, you know, I want to say confidence. It's confidence in myself that even without the stride, it'll be right. So that landed on me this past year with the teaching job that I didn't even think I wanted to go back to. But, you know, I found that felt found in my life, that new career change and the one that I'm most probably going to be on, which ties into my new word. And that's how I feel like found kind of showed itself to me this year. All good things. And I think like you've done a couple of really great things over the past couple of years and that you found ways to when you find yourself in situations that maybe you've put yourself in Mm -hmm. but you've also found yourself in like teaching like being at the end of a relationship where you know you got into a relationship in the first place you chose to go back to teaching but Along the lines, these situations have become a place where you can't be the people-pleasing you that you've always tried to be. Right. You've realized that that's not my fault. Right. There's nothing I can do. So, you know, I have to keep going, so I'm going to keep going. Yeah. Yeah. And, like... That's huge. Yeah. And I feel like that naturally comes with getting older and age and becoming wiser. But I really do feel like there was a lot of inner work I put in. Like, I know it too. I don't got to go into detail. But like, there was so much crying and like going through the hard stuff and putting up boundaries. And like, it was just a lot of uncomfortable things that that's what lays the the solid bricks in the foundation like you can't I I was trying for so long to build on these false bricks of fluff (laughs) you know whatever that might have been but it's really the hard inner work and the that you know makes this so I don't know yeah I'm just being repetitive but yes thanks you're welcome yeah So how did Project, before we go into our new words, how did Project show up for you this year? 
Okay. Project so. and project. Yeah. That's a great question. I spent a lot of this past year trying to understand, spend more time, right? Obviously, get over and understand a lot of myself and my story and how I wanted to project that to the world. Mm-hmm. And like that that's where a lot of my hard stuff came out. Like I spent a lot of time in therapy talking about this. Um and grappling with this very real fear of success that I have and the ways in which I put up barriers to success and project was a way to help me try to get around that and because you would tend to sink in when that fear would come up right I would just shut down right I would say what I have to say is not important people don't want to hear what I have to say this thing that I have to say has already been said what I have to contribute is not interesting I'm sure what I could say has already been said a thousand times my viewpoint is not worth listening to you know a million different ways of saying what I have to say is not good enough Mm. so I'm not going to waste people's time with what I have to say and so project was supposed to help me get over this mm-hmm. and in a lot of ways it did I've gotten much better at realizing that most of those things are not true most of the time some of the times I still feel that way and I think that that's going to happen all the time you know I, I think that happens unless you're a complete narcissist that's going to happen to you sometimes if you go around 24/7 thinking that you should never shut up and everything should list, everyone should listen to you all the time that's a completely separate problem mm. but I spent a lot of 2019 trying to like come to the terms come to terms with the fact that I do have a lot of things to say and people do want to listen to them and I'm doing people a disservice by not talking about them and I spent a lot of 2019 building the awesome ladies project 3.0 And taking my word and saying, like, this is what I'm all about. This website is what I'm all about. I am all about these projects that I've created, these ways for you to tell your your life story. And I took my word and I tried to make myself more vocally visible, more uh, visually visible. I went and I pitched a workshop to teach at this art museum downtown and I got that so now you know I can write on my if I ever have a resume again or my CV that I have a workshop that was commissioned by the Michigan oh my god I can't I don't even know what the acronym stands for right now (laughs) but you know the like the cultural arts people of Michigan which is awesome 
And so like right now, I feel really good about the way that I can speak about my life, I can speak about my feelings, my desires for myself, and for others, like the what, what I want for myself and what I want for other people, both using like the English language, whether it's written, whether it's spoken, I feel so much more in charge and in command of what I say, what I speak, as well as through art. Nice. And, like, that feels successful. When you came to a crossword, crossroads of, like, should I project or not? Like, did you feel your word or hear your word at all? Did you think of your word? It kind of, Did it kind of help you or just that's kind of how it happened? Specifically when I went to go pitch that uh, workshop, yes, absolutely. Mm. And, like, there were different things of... Yes, I should. This is where I should be using my voice. This is where I should be sharing mm-hmm. instead of not. And I think it's done me a lot of good service this year. Yeah, sounds like it. Yeah, it's it's been really good for me. But excellent. It, it's funny. I thought it would be. A more, and this is something we talked about last year. I think we may have also talked about it the year before about how words can be either active or passive, right. and somehow we go back and forth. Yeah. Years. I I thought that project would be an active word for me, and it was a very passive word for me. But see, I also said. We talked a little bit about uh, that last year, and you you said, like we said, it's a very kick in the ass word. You felt, right, you said you felt like it was going to be very actionable. But I say in that episode, I was like, it could kind of be like a whisper, like, and I feel like that's kind of what it was. Like, it was actionable because you kind of can't project if you're not projected. Like, it is, you have to step up in order to project, kind of. Right, and you need have you need to have the things that you want to project. Right, you have to have the content. Like in that way, it's very active. But you, I think you felt like it was going to be a much more aggressive, aggressive type of action. Yeah, and I felt like I was going to be feeling like I was doing it a lot mm. more often. But it kind of worked into you naturally and yeah, quietly. And it was a a quiet, lot of there were a few much bigger things instead of a lot much smaller things yeah like the website was huge the website took up probably in totality 50 percent of my time this year and you know what's funny it's called awesome ladies project and your word was project one year the year that my i was big was when i worked the full year for me and my big ideas and when big picture classes like had my class like i thought that was interesting yeah that it works its way in that way too like so literally in the things that take up your time interesting it was a good word for me though yeah in just a different way than i thought it was going to be does it flow into your new word or is your new word like starkly opposite it does flow into my new word in a way i mean i guess they all do every year because coming off and going in but yeah but there's been a few that it's just been like nope 
redirection, you know, even though it flows. Oh, no, no, no. Because... It's definitely not. Yeah, it's definitely not like a redirection. I see. It, yeah, it's definitely not like stop, go. It's not like, you know, you know, uh, flow and then, I don't know, s- stand. <laughs> yeah. That's, I feel like that's pretty good, actually. All right. I mean, I'm still waiting for a pants metaphor, but if you, I know, right? If you're if you're missing no, them, you could always my still my me. word this year just literally yes. came to me. Nice, like out of the blue. All right, let's talk about this now because I love your story of how it comes to you. Last year, you didn't have the word until the morning we were recording. Oh yeah, no. I mean, I was going through my December <laughs> daily last year. I was finishing my December daily, and two two of my literal days in my December daily. <laughs> One is about how I had, like, an anxiety attack (laughs) about coming up with my word. And then the next day is about, like, the relief that I felt when I woke up and had a word. Yeah. So, yeah, no, like, literally two full days in my December daily are about coming up with my one little word for 2019. Right. Interesting. Yeah, no, this year... I don't even remember what I, I don't remember what I was thinking about. I don't remember what I was doing. I was I, I, I was sitting somewhere around here. I don't know if I was sitting in this chair. I may have been like standing up. And I was like, oh, OK. So that's my word for next year. Oh, nice. Cool. Oh, it just like plopped right on you. Like I always say when things happen like that, it's like a drop from a leaky pipe above you just plop into your brain. And there it is all of a sudden. It's never happened yeah. to me like that. And I was nice. like, oh. How interesting. Very interesting. See, I think about this project all year long. So I'm constantly, if I think of a word, if a word stands out to me, I'm like, oh, let me write that down. That could be it. Let me sit on this for a while. And I sit on words. I try to listen. I try to feel if words come up. But I'm doing that like January 1st of that year. Sometimes even two years ahead, a word will come to me that then ends up the word. That happened this year and that happened another year in the past yeah i'm always thinking about the project but not necessarily thinking about the word i try to feel the word when it comes to me but i'm always thinking about what it could be i don't know fun so all right so it plopped on you this year it did that's a lot less dramatic story it's so much it's so much less dramatic (laughs) i like that though i like that So mine is very intertwined, I feel like. So I feel like found and all the foundness and all, what did I say? I said, I found a space in my existence. So like not a space as in physical, but I found like an existential space that feels like home. So home is my new word for next year. Oh, that's awesome. And you've had that word before. So I love that that. Because I wanted to talk to you about that kind of like home for you and what home will be for me. But like I've been really like acutely aware of songs with the phrase home in it. Oh, yeah. And yeah. And so like I've been writing them down and they've been meaning a lot. And I feel like how I feel internally, how I feel with this new person who's my who I consider like my partner and some you know, how I've never felt like with anyone in a relationship before. I feel like I'm very at home with him. And lately, it's been me, him, my two cats, 
just being cozy and hanging out and being with each other. And it's felt like so important to focus on that, that the fact that these three living creatures are my home. Like that's, it's just been my favorite space to be in. I feel more like myself and the healthiest version of myself and that kind of home. And so it just feels like every decision I make, I want to have it be for that home, if that makes sense. Like I've been feeling that. Uh, there's um, an Instagrammer. Her name is at, oh man, I put it down. Hold on, let me get it. So she is at live well with low. I'll of course link to her in the show notes. But she wrote recently, she goes, I'm craving the small, the ordinary, the just enough. I've spent years striving for more, more things, more money, more travel, more, more, more. I'm feeling a shift in my heart, though, to contentment. There truly is magic in ordinary days, and I don't want to miss any ordinary moments while searching for the extraordinary. So the word she attached that to is like present, intentional, and simple. And I think for me, home ties all into that. So I read that this week recently and was like, that's kind of how I'm feeling. Like there's been this shift in my priority, in why... I see the reason for things like, I don't know. And we've talked about too a few times in the past few months, like that. I feel like I want to marry this person who knows if it'll happen, but I feel that. And I feel like I'd want to make a home with him. And so every decision I make, if that's what I want my goal to be, we've been big on goals with Elise's book. (laughs) So I feel like if that's my dream and, in the chapter we read most recently, the, the words that were echoing to me that she said is, what actually matters to you, right? Like, I've been thinking a lot about that, like, what actually matters? And in the past, it's been, you know, I've talked about it in the podcast, like, have this creative career, like, be known, like, get to work from home, like, all this stuff that I used to feel I needed to work for, minus the fact that I'm the worst business person in the world. And like, it really did feel like success, like striving for it was sucky to me. And now I'm in this space where I can, and it was all for, we talked about this in the, in the what's your thing episode where we said like, how to tap into your thing. And I mentioned in that episode, like, what if my thing has to do with being a mom, but I'm so focused on doing this creative thing that I'm not giving myself the room and the space to, to have, to invite the home and the family in. And I feel like I've done that since that episode, right? So I've shifted things and changed things and the waitressing wasn't working and the trying to do stuff on my own wasn't working. Go back to teaching. I found footing, you know, I found that I could do that. And then worked on myself and now I'm at this place where hopefully I can build a home here. So it's interesting how like that statement kind of came full circle. So that's I think the biggest way that home works itself in. But then I've also been thinking about like where do we want to live? Like if we are going to live. So like like you. So right. So like also the most literal way I can do it. Like where do we want our home to be? I listen to you all the time talk about Michigan, the transition from New Jersey. Like so 
just listening to you, just being with this person who I want to have a home with, like where do we want our home? So that's been a big theme. And then most recently I stepped on the scale and was at the highest number I've ever been. Like I'm happy. I mean, it's like a happy eating, but it's all has to do with eating and not working out and just like falling off that healthy path. But life, right? You know, not nothing to panic about. But the number freaked me out because I've never been that hot. Like I've never seen that number. I was in a tens place that I've never been in before. And no big deal because I could fix it. But it made me think, and then turning 35 this year too, just made me think of my body as home and like what I should really be doing with my home, like as far as my body goes. So that too was something that I was like, oh, well, I could tie that to my word next year too. Like this body as a home is very different at 35 than this body at a home was even at 30. You know what I mean? And my sister's a dietitian, and she tells me all the time, she's like, you will palpably feel like the transition happened in your body. Like you're going to go from, I can eat whatever, I can work this off to it just sticks and you can like be at risk for things. So she tells me all the time. So that's been on my mind lately too. That number kind of sparked that feeling of, listen, this body is my home. It's only going to get worse. Like let's start making better decisions. And I feel like that's it. Also, I had... um like, where's the home for my creativity going to be? Because now I feel like, you know, we read Elise's book and she talks about like jugglers when they juggle things and how, even though it looks like they're doing a lot of things at once, they do one thing at a time. They have to have one juggled thing in order before they add another juggled thing. So I say, is this the time that I could add another piece of my creativity in? Like the design that I have a background in, how could I work that in? Or like even like the home that I created, which is amandazampelli.com, that's been so neglected. How can I remake that as a home for my creativity or, my, or what I want to share? So I've been thinking about like all that home, all this home stuff. When I like when I thought about everything that's been on my mind, it kind of points to the same word. And so that's my word. I love it. No tears this time. <laughs> no tears. No tears. Okay, I'm excited to hear yours because. You had it a while, and that didn't happen last year, so. Shoot. Wait, yeah, hold on. Wait. Before we go oh, to let's my talk, word, I want yeah. to talk about yours. Let's do it. I, first off, I think this is a perfect word for you. Thanks. I think this is a fantastic word for you. I, I think it's so good, because I, I think this is right for you, because ever since we started talking about the My Thing episode, this is, and I think, like, Okay, that's the beginning of what you started talking about. Now we're going to go all the way to the end of what you were talking about. <laughs> your creative thing can be your home. Yeah. Your tree thing. Amazing. Fun. Yeah. Right? Like, I mean, Jennifer Perkins, one of her most creative things, I mean, like, literally, her most creative thing is her home. True. Like, she's a perfect example of how does she exude most of her creativity? through our house her, like her so literal true. house yeah and so like you have so many great questions of like well what actually matters and you know if creating a beautiful home is what actually matters to you then there are so many ways that you can be creative i know and true. there are so many things like one of the things that i feel really strongly about is that we as women 
and society in general. But we as women are forgetting about the cost of domestic work. Right. And because everyone has been pushed towards work outside the home because that's what makes you money, you know, create a second job or a side hustle because that's what makes you money and we need money to buy things and we need to pay bills and all these things. But there is so much domestic work that needs to be done in order to make households run. Yeah. That someone needs to do it and it almost always for a very long time has fallen on women. Mm-hmm. And even in even in same-sex relationships, it tends to fall on one partner more than another partner. And I think looking at it as, you know, having your word home and asking yourself what actually matters and talking about it with someone who is your partner, who's someone you talk about all the time as your equal, Mm -hmm. starting off a relationship with home as one of your words and asking these questions, what actually matters where do we want to live yeah because when you live (laughs) in a place like new york a few blocks is the matter of a different neighborhood a few blocks is another neighborhood a few blocks is another neighborhood and there's two hundred thousand neighborhoods within the tri-state area yeah and that's assuming you want to stay in the tri-state neighborhood you know so There are so many choices that you get to decide about, you know, what home is. Yeah. And you get to be a strong, empowered woman while making all of those choices. Thanks for saying that. You know, I feel that too, because a lot of the theme of the past two years for me has been like this timeline issue, right? That plays a lot into my anxiety where I'm like, oh, I'm late for things. Oh, I'm a late bloomer. Oh, when is it going to start? Like I'm always questioning time but you know part of found that blends into home is that you know I totally get exactly the timing of my like it just makes sense now and I just feel like it's okay now because I feel like I have this foundation where I'm a strong empowered woman to ask these questions as opposed to being weak and to fragile. getting it wrong yeah. and being those people who got married when they were 22 and then got divorced when they were 26 because they didn't ask these questions right and now and I, it's okay it's okay, okay if that it happens right right but i understand from where i am now how this is i'm happy and grateful to be here at this point with it yeah. and that was what was right for you right and for some people, getting married at 21 or 22 and then getting divorced at 26 was the best thing that could have happened to them. Right. And maybe they don't know it yet. They feel lost like right. I felt last year. And like, totally. it's seasons. It is. Right. Right. But if you have a... Well, I was going to say if you have a job, because it is a job. Mm-hmm. If you have a job where you stay home and run a household, that is no less empowering than if you go out and work a nine to five or a nine to nine or three jobs like running a house and doing domestic work is work right and I feel like it isn't second class work or like you know what I mean what like 
Yeah, it's like home, ha even if you decide to be a working mom or like, you know, whatever, it's, it has to be like, home Your mom's still, work is still work. Right, and home is still such an important question and, and it thing to figure out. Like, yes. you know, right, so that's what you're saying. Yeah, I get it. Absolutely, no matter what, like no matter what your life looks like, domestic work is still work and it still needs to be done and you know what? unless you live like, at a hotel right and i've always known and that like no matter what i've always strived for things personally career-wise feeling like the eventual purpose for it all would be to support my home right it's just i never knew i was focusing on that more than how can i actually build a life that could get me a home right for me and that looks different for everyone but for me like I I realized that this past year how much I love domesticity like I love being home I love cooking like I love home things I think that's part introvert stuff too like we love being home but like that's not a tiny realization like I've always valued other things when the thing that actually matters is being able to take care of my home and to grow my home and to have a home that feels safe and warm and cozy for like whoever's in it I don't know there's just been a big theme and um another thing about the word too that that I think is funny is that like in the past I've always put emphasis of course in my mind because that's what we do it, there was no real rule it's just a rule that I said in my mind where it's like, your word has to be so unique and blah, blah, blah. And, you know, limitless. I've never seen anyone have that, but like, fine. And then, you know, proof was one that I was like, oh, that's, that's, you know, it was the word and like good for it. But I love that this word is like run of the mill. People have had it before. It's all okay. Because it kind of ties into the meaning of the word too. Like I've always felt creatively that I needed to do these innovative big huge monster change you know like Jacqueline Carter said if it isn't Hallmark then it isn't anything but I love that like it's just the dream is actually what a lot of people get to have which is like people and a space to call your home like I to me that's like such a common goal, such a common dream, such a common thing that people have that, like, I'm just happy that I'm on my way to it, kind of. I don't know. But also, it's not, first off, it's not as common as, especially for our suppose, generation, it's not as common. So. Sure, you're right. And second, it's yours. Like, right. It's, like, right. It's, you know, it's like saying, oh, I want to write a book. It's right. not like your book is going to be the same as, you know, Cindy's book. True. And Very like, true. It, you know, or I want to be a, I don't, I don't know. You know, you know I, you, I want to draw things. Right. Everyone, a lot of people draw same. things, but my drawing won't be right. Exactly. That makes a lot of sense. Yeah. Right. I want to be a musician. Well, you can't be a musician. That guy is already a musician. Yes. And I love how magical the ordinary is feeling. Do you know what I mean? Like, like I love how that version of a dream that's been repeated throughout history still feels like it's magical. Like I'm appreciative of that. And that's where I want the focus to go is like this little magical home I want to build. I don't know. 
Yeah. And then the last way that it's kind of the last thing I want to say, and then I want to jump right into a real word. But I recently, I'm obsessed with The Office, right? Me and Tom watch all the time. And I recently saw, and again, another proof that this should have been my word. I saw the episode where Michael leaves, right? It's his last episode where he gets on the plane. He goes to Colorado to be with Holly. And he almost misses Pam, right? So Pam ran, runs after him. They hug and say something. And then she explains afterwards. She goes, he wasn't sad. You know, he was full of hope. And then she talks a little bit about that. And she goes, he was real excited to get home and see Holly. Like, it was repeated in that. But I kind of felt that. Like, I feel that, like... It's not sad that, like, other things I used to want are gone or, you know, I'm not striving toward them anymore. They could reappear. I'm not dumb to that. You know, I could – part of the old stuff I used to want for my career or whatever could reappear in some way. But I'm not sad about, like, it not being in my face all the time. Like, it's just I'm very hopeful. And at the end of the day, I just want to come home to my people. Like that whole little thing, I'll link to it in the show notes, but that whole little like Michael thing, like sometimes I feel like I'm a lot like Michael Scott. Like he was such a, a loud mouth in the beginning and such like a, all about like the, you know, I need to be liked kind of too. And then by the end, like he just wanted to be with Holly and he was okay with that. And it like, wasn't sad. I don't know. It was sweet. (laughs) Maybe I will cry this episode. (laughs) No. The episode where Amanda cries about the office. Yeah. 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 But that's it. Yeah, that's totally my word. Well, I think, like, as we get older, we're a lot better at figuring out the things that make us happy instead of the things that are supposed to make us happy. Oh, I love that. You're right. And sometimes it is, like, just sitting on the couch watching episodes of The Office (laughs) with our people. Yeah. Amen, sister. And it's, well, it's one, because when we see the people who are doing the things that we thought we wanted to do (laughs) and we're like, oh, okay, that's what their life actually looks like. And they're not actually making any money doing the things that we think they're making a ton of money doing. Right. So one, either their rich parents are paying for their entire life or they're actually destitute and their ig reality is like right terrifyingly painful right but like the reality that we think is reality is not actually reality Mm. and like couch reality you know because when you're done with work for the day and then you need to eat dinner and then it's like eight o'clock what do you want to actually be doing? Right. It's usually not, you know, set up all the lights in the spare corner to try to, like, get a picture of, like, the brisket. (laughs) Well, I think that was one of my favorite things. It was when I read one of the profiles of one of the early, early famous food bloggers. She's like, yeah, I have to get up at, like, 3.30 in the morning so that I can make all the food because the only time that the light is good in my house is at, you know, 7 o'clock in the morning. And I'm like, lady, if I had to get up at 3 o'clock <laughs> in the morning to bake brisket. brisket. <laughs> right. Right. I mean, also, I just don't know. I don't like I I don't know what my appetite would be like. Right. Right. Because and- like 
what I mean, what are you eating for breakfast? Brisket? Yeah. And then like mashed potatoes. Right. And then you need a nap because Right, then then you're literally going to sleep at like nine o'clock in the morning after Where you, you had, would eat like, the brisket. No. <laughs> because like I know for an absolute fact, if I made brisket to do a video shoot at seven o'clock in the morning, there's no way that I would be able to not eat it. Right. Or like anything. Yeah, I feel fried chicken, anything that's like delicious. <laughs> yeah. Oh, and then just not eat it. Who are you? Like some kind of monster? I know. No, I know. I know. But I mean, you're saying like, you know, when you really tap into what someone's life is like, like, do you really right. want that for yourself? We've exactly. Been, yeah, we've been reading um, Elise Joy's big dreams, daily joys book, and like she talks about that, like. Instead of FOMO, fear of missing out on what you see and everyone doing like this great life, like she called it something else, but it's like fear of living someone else's dream. Like I just feel like that for me this year with found, like I found myself so involved in my own lane in a way that, you know, I was able to see the blessings and appreciate my own lane. Like I was so happy that that happened. And then that geared me up for great things happening in my lane that now I see the dream for what it needs to be for me, kind of. And it ties in with home. But, like, it's that, like, FOMO totally would have messed all that up. (laughs) Yes, absolutely. Right. And it does. Yeah. And this will help jump start us talking about my word a little bit. let's do it. But lately I've been going around and doing a couple of different things around town. And I've started bumping into new people who, you know, through whatever conversation, ask me, so what do you do? Mm. So I get to reply, well, I own a feminist scrapbooking business. (laughs) Nice. And most of them are like, and what does that mean? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, Which part? The feminist, the scrapbooking, the business part? Right, exactly. It really, de- like, it yeah. literally depends on, like, who I'm talking right. to. Right, yeah. But, yeah, no, most of them are like, and what exactly is that? And um, I explain, yeah, so I run an online business where I teach women how to tell their stories creatively through the art of feminist scrapbooking. And I have a shop and I have a membership site and I have a podcast and we do all sorts of awesome things and it's really cool. And at some point I can usually get to something where I can like hook someone in. Usually someone has heard of like the internet, shopping, podcast stores like <laughs> right. there's usually something that I can I can get to somebody with and that's been really awesome so like last year with project it was a lot about figuring out what the story was figuring out how I want to tell the story figuring out you know what what is it figuring out how I want to talk about myself in a way that doesn't, in a way that makes it so that I can help other people as best possible. Mm -hmm. 
and it worked. I mean, I've gotten really good at being like, yeah, so I teach classes. I have, I know I built this whole website that's an alternative social media network so that people don't have to scroll on Instagram. They can come and they can upload all of their projects. I built it from the ground up. It is awesome. It's like an alternative Facebook. We don't, you know, tap your data and sell it to weird countries <laughs> and do crazy, awful things. And so with my new word, what I want to do is take that and use it to connect with other people on a deeper level. I want to go from like, if you are a video game person, I want to go from like normal life mode to advanced mode. <laughs> and it's going to be a challenge for me because I'm an introvert. I am an INFJ if there are any INFJs out there. Spending time with people is an energy suck for me. I am also like strange and awkward people. It is me, the people who are strange and awkward. I'm also an empath. So I tend to know other people's vibes before they know their vibes. Mm. And so like that can, like I feel, I feel bad about that sometimes. Like I feel creepy. Like, I feel creepy about, like, knowing what's going on in somebody's head before they know what's going mm. on inside their head sometimes. And, like, that can cause me to just, like, back off. But it's not even know what's going on. It's also feel. They're, it, like, it's a feeling thing, too. Like, you take on what they feel. If they're feeling shitty, then you start to feel shitty. Yeah, and if they're feeling anxious, I start to feel mm. anxious. And, like, when people don't know that they're feeling shitty or anxious... And I know that they're feeling shitty or anxious. And, like, they don't want to hear that they're feeling shitty mm. and anxious. Like, that's a really weird dynamic. Mm. And so sometimes I just, like, back off people. And, like, that's weird. And whatever. But it just is. But, like, now is not the time for us to, like, back off of our gifts. Sure. Just the time for us to move forward. And so for 2020... My word is connection. Nice. And I'm purposely choosing the word connection and not connect because I want that I-O-N suffix, mm. which is the action suffix. I love it. Because I think using the word, for me, I think using the word connect would be a cop-out. Because I can just be like, oh, yeah, that's connecting. Yeah. That's that's a connect. Like, I can make a that, – that is that is me doing connecting over there. That's, you know, connect is here. But with connection, it's it's me carrying out the idea, you know, the idea of and, like, the making of connections through actions. I love it. It's like connect and action in one word swished. Yes. I love it. And it's – like, it's not just about one-on-one -on -one connections, although, like, that is the root of it. Like, I want to go deeper with connections. It's about us having deeper connections with podcast guests and not necessarily deeper connections in our interviews, but taking the, the connections that we make in the interviews and then, like, the ideas even and passing along those ideas to our audience and... The, the connections don't even necessarily have to be 
vocal connections or tangible or uh, not tangible is not the word I'm, I'm looking for um like in time connections they can be connections that are potential fought. for something yeah and and there are a bunch of different ways in which i want to foster connection like i see connection being like the middle of a mind map and doing it in all different ways and like i talked earlier about how i saw how how um last words last yeah last word well it was last word <laughs> it was last word. yeah last year's project what wound up being very passive for me i want this is why specifically i have this being an action word for mm -hmm. me because i want to find specific ways in which i feel like connection is lacking mm. and then like strengthen those connections mm. like the same way in which like we have infrastructure around the country mm -hmm. And like maybe you know that bridge needs better steel plating like that's what i want to do mm. like find my places in which my connection could be better and make my connection better i love that and like Thanks. connection to like i picture <sighs> kind of like what's it like a wave not a wave but like an electric current like a current I picture like a current because connection and like that's kind of what you're saying too is like you want the current to flow so not only is your your role active but the connection is causing this active current between you people between yes you. like it's like an activity that keeps flowing yeah and so like I actually I wrote down a couple of questions that I need to ask myself like what can we make a connection over like you know where can i connect with somebody that i mm. might not have thought about before where can we connect maybe we can connect through food maybe we can connect through a game maybe we can connect through but we love scrapbooking together maybe we can connect through that we both live in the same city you know look for places to connect with people like where and what can we make a connection over and then how can we strengthen those connections where do I need to give myself and others room for grace? Mm. And like, I keep, when I was writing all these questions down, I was like, every single one of them, and I know the answer to this one, and this is why I, I asked this qu question specifically. I need to give myself grace in not everyone is going to want to make a connection with me or the type of connection that I want. Mm. And that's okay and that's not my like that's not my problem right and like i can't get too attached to people who don't want to connect with me for whatever reason right now maybe yeah. they'll want to in the future and maybe they don't but i can only i can only do so much to facilitate a connection on my behalf that's so beautifully self-aware <laughs> And like it's true yeah. because like and the, the reason I know this and the reason that I know this about myself and the reason that I've learned this already is because one of my values is problem solving. Mm -hmm. What's my top value? Mm -hmm. I did a, a values class with Tiffany and Tiffany Han, and my top value is problem solving. And then when I talked this out with my therapist, we talked about how I need to like 
one of the things that I need to be aware of is when I'm trying to problem solve for other people who don't necessarily want their problem mm. solved and just want to complain. Mm. Which has been a point of tension in some of my relationships. Right. Mostly because I can't stand just listening to people complain when they don't want to do something about right. it. Uh, and some people just need to complain constantly. It's true. Um, and that's okay. That's fine. I just need to not be the person that you complain to. Because then you'll try to... <laughs> right. I'm going to try to fix yeah. it. That's who I am. Right. If you need somebody to just vent to or complain to, you need to find a different person. Because there's right. a lot, lots of other people that will just, like, love listening to you complain. Like, my mom and my grandpa, my mom and my grandma are great at listening to other... <laughs> the, the other one complain to each other. They've been doing it, like... I mean... <laughs> the basic dynamic of their like, relationship. <laughs> right. Since, like, 60... Yeah, 60 years. They literally just call each other and complain about stuff. I love it. You know, you know maybe it's, like that the puzzle on like wheel of fortune was too hard who knows i don't know i don't know what they complain about because i can't i literally <laughs> cannot but like i've gotten to a really good place with my mom where like if she's in a complaining mood she definitely knows not to call me because <laughs> i just cannot I can't. yeah but like i also had to get to a place where i had to recognize when people were not in a position to want their problems solved. Mm -hmm. And so I knew from the get-go here that I can't push connections on people. Right. I love that, like, my word home is, like, I love how words sometimes get tied to other words. So, like, home is, like, simplicity and purpose and, you know, intention and all that good stuff, uh, present. And yours is so attached to grace. I love that you attach it twice to, like, grace, that it, those two are kind of working together for you. And I think, like, they, they, they definitely have to for me because I have, I know connecting with people is going to be difficult for me mm. because I as as an INFJ I'm someone who both deeply cares about people and like cares too much to a fault about people mm. and then also will just immediately need to like leave a place and not because you don't care but it's just part of the makeup of you Right, just the like I need I need to I, I need a break from mm. that. Right. From whatever it is that is happening. Right. And that that combination can be a lot for other people to handle because it's I don't bother explaining why I just left. Right. And so it can just be a lot. And so when it comes to choosing to prioritize connection, I have to be aware of, one, who I am, two, what I'm trying to facilitate, and three, why I want to create connection in the first place. Right. And I, I know why I want to create connection. I, like, one, connection is sorely lacking. We talk all the time about how hard it is to make adult friends. Mm -hmm. I have, like, this past year, more than anything... What I learned from my word project was 
I have so much to say that people want to hear. And the best way to get them to listen to the things that they want to hear is to make connections. And we've been saying on the past year, just with social media, how hard it is to make genuine connections. Like we're connecting all the time. Like you said, connect. Right. And is it a connection? That's exactly what I'm talking about. Yeah. Of like, you know, I have this to say to you. I know that you want to hear this. What's the best way for me to tell you? Is it for me to write something on Instagram? Is it for me to send it to you in an email? Is it for me to post it on the website? These are the questions I literally want to try to figure out of like, you know, I have this this thing that I'm thinking about in my head and this little or this miniature project that I'm working on is the best way to, to get this out to the people who want to hear it most. Is it like a five day email series or is it a class on the website? Like like literally, you know, with the book club coming up with the idea of having free classrooms for each book is about my one little word. Mm-hmm. It is about connection. I want to connect with women through the book club. Mm-hmm. Like we do so much work with the book club yeah. that we connect so much through the book club that I want us to connect with other women through these books that we're reading because the stuff that we're talking about is so important. The conversations we're having are so important. So I want more of those conversations to be heard. Yeah. And I love how it's kind of like an inception of your one little word because you are make you have lately been on fire making these connections with how to make connections. Do you know what I mean? Like you're you're connecting that that's what needed to happen. Like it's like I've been seeing it happen with you all the time. Like you've been coming up with great ideas, and I'm just like, wow, her brain connected what she needed to do, what two things she needed to make connect in order to make a connection. It's a great word. It's like showing up so so much. That's so much fun. <laughs> yeah. I love that. And leave it to my brain to like think like that. But that is fun. P.S. One little word belongs to Allie Edwards. And we just participated in her project. For those of you who are brand new. I just, it's so funny because we forget. I was going to say, we didn't even say anything about Allie. Allie is so, Allie is so here. Yeah. (laughs) But we just think it's a given. We think she's here with all of you. But if you're new, one little word is her project. Oh, yeah. No, hold up. Wait, straight up. Oh my God, who am I? Today, I bought the One Little Word workshop just so that I could have the digital kit. I love it. It's because this computer. I love this computer. Yeah. Okay, other thing, right? I always watched these commercials where the people switch between tablet mode and laptop mode every five minutes. And I'm like, that's so stupid. No one would ever do that. (laughs) Who's going to do that? That's so unrealistic. Amanda. Every day. <laughs> Not every day. Every like literally every five minutes. I switch between <laughs> tablet mode and like the keyboard mode. Yeah. And I'm like, oh, okay. So they're not lying. A normal, you know, I guess I'm not normal, but yeah, a totally not normal person just like me will do this constantly because I'm it, because it it's is, working. It's revolutionized <laughs> yeah. the way I change nice. I take my notes. It's very exciting to me to hear. It's it's so cool. I write all of my notes out and then I use the it's called ink to text. Oh. And so everything that I've written out, I could just convert to text. 
This and then is it's revolutionary for you. Someone like, who used to write binders and binders of things and store them. Yeah. Could you imagine if you had this in college? No. <laughs> yeah. I, mean, like, I mean, literally no. How much time would you have had? Do you know how much more room I would have in my house? Do you know, like, actually, though, legitimately, I've now, I'm, I'm thinking about the room that I will save in my house because I don't need to continue to buy notebooks and notebooks and notebooks. It's legitimately life-saving. 2020, baby. Welcome, I'm... welcome. <laughs> we got an Amazon hub locker put outside our apartment building. Oh, right outside your apartment building? Right in our complex, like where anyone can go down. And do you know what it is? It's like, a, it's like it looks like the monolith in what is that movie, 1984, where it goes dun, 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 dun. And it's just like this tall thing. It's just a square, tall, huge thing in the, in the middle of our beautiful <laughs> courtyard. And it's an Amazon, they call it the Amazon hub. And if you order anything from Amazon, that's where they'll put it. And then I can just go and beep, boop, boop, my little code that I get an email that it is. And and then it, I said it the other day, I punched my code and I was like, what's going to happen? A, a random door in the giant hub just goes, tunk, like just like a, a snap open. And there's your freaking package in, in the hub. That's hilarious. A- we, ha- we have a small one inside the Whole Foods. Oh, we have a huge one in the middle of our court. <laughs> I'm gonna take a picture and show you tomorrow for the next yeah. nice day. It's huge. But yeah, no, we just have a small like locker type one. They remind me of like the the lockers in like Disney. Yeah. Yeah, no, that we have one in the Whole Foods. Oh, it's so funny. 2020, here we go. 2020, here we go. Okay, so yeah, guys, so like this is our actual last episode of 2020. We'll be back with From the Vault episodes for the next couple of weeks. And we'll do little intros for each one with why we pick this episode, what we think you'll get out of it. And there are going to be some of our favorite episodes from the last year. I'm some super excited about them. Some interviews. Yeah, a mix. A mix of really yeah. good stuff. And definitely come and check out our new spinoff podcast. Woohoo! I know, so exciting. It is called the Bite Size Book Club. Bite Size Book Club. And you can go to bsbc.fireside.fm and it'll just, you know, stream from there. Or, you know, look for Bite Size Book Club in Apple. Or yes, look for it in Apple. <laughs> Not in a like, Apple. Oh, have you? Hold on. Speaking of apples, have you heard about the new apple that come that came out? Like, it is a, literally a new type of, they created a new type of a apple. fruit. Yes, the fruit. This new type of apple that they created will apparently live in the refrigerator for a year it's like the, it's a cross between a long like a really long living apple like <laughs> not long living apple right and and a honey crisp so it's supposed uh. to be like super delicious and super long lasting all right apples i see yeah. you in 2020 the amazon hub Kristen's on one note <laughs> and apples and an apple a new brand new apple brand new apple they're supposed to be in the stores in the middle of december so guys look for the new apples the fruits they're coming from washington state obsessed and let us know what your one little word is oh yeah definitely let us know what your one little word is because you can go to the community so no that's how you get to the classroom for the 
Bite Size Book Club that I'm talking about. Free classroom for Bite Size Book Club. And there's already a classroom for the Austin Cleon trilogy that we did. Just go to theawesomeladiesproject.com slash craftyassfemale. Or if you're feeling really spicy, you can go to theawesomeladiesproject.com slash groups slash craftyassfemale, and it'll take you directly there. You need a free Awesome Ladies Project membership to join, but it's free. And then you get all these free things. So we will be back after Martin Luther King Day with new episodes. Yep. I think it might be on Martin Luther King Day. That would be fun. Um, and so you guys have an amazing holiday. We'll have new after chatters after each of those episodes, too. So if you want to join us for Patreon and catch all of those new after chatters about why we love these episodes and why they're so amazing, go to patreon.com slash craftyassfemale. Join us. $5 a month. There's literally hundreds of videos at this point. Um, and you get the videos for the Bite Size Book Club. So do that. It's amazing. We'll join join us on After Chatter where we will discuss a little bit more of One Little Word and Holiday. Yeah, let's talk about some holiday stuff real quick. Do you have any things on your holiday wish list that you want? I have like five. I mean, I'm, I want to talk about stuff. So we're going to talk about holiday wish list stuff because I'm going to make a man to do it. What? Maybe she bought stuff people stuff for people already. I mean, I haven't, but I have. I've, I've, yeah, I've been really brainstormy this season. Oh, awesome! When it comes to gifts, fantastic. So, if the Patreon show is going to be a crafty ass female gift guide, Yay. catch us there. Bye, guys. <laughs>